0: This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a five-part podcast series, Smart Automation for Risk Management, sponsored by Lextegrity. In this podcast series, I will be visiting with Art Chanda, founder and CEO, president of Lextegrity, Indy Miller, chief analytic officer at Lextegrity, and Kara Bonitatabas, head of product at Lextegrity. Over the series, we will look at the Lextegrity project suite take a deep dive into continuous risk monitoring, consider pre-approvals and third-party due diligence and integrations in the user experience. In a special bonus episode, Chanda and I will discuss the Integrity Analytics Collective Initiative started by LexTegrity. This episode, I visit with Andy Miller and we begin a two-part exploration of continuous risk monitoring with data analytics. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox back with another episode in our special five-part series where I'm visiting with the folks at Lextegrity. Today we're gonna talk about continuous risk monitoring, really a part one of a two-part episode on this topic. And I'm pleased to have back Andy Miller. Andy, first of all, welcome, and thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So Andy, one of the most advanced parts of LexTegrity's offering is that your continuous spin monitoring data analytics module. Could you dive into that uh, core components of that in a little detail for our listeners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Our continuous monitoring solution really provides compliance and audit teams with a comprehensive way to keep a pulse on transactional spend and revenue risk in their enterprise. Our application features a library of dozens of pre-built risk data analytics across a spectrum of focuses. We have risk-based, statistical, behavioral, and policy-based. But really the key to our analytics are that they're so configurable and contextual to your specific risks or your lines of business or the historical issues that your organization may have had So that the risk algorithm is actually tailored to your business and your exposure and not um, some static configuration. And to do this, we connect our monitoring tool with our customer systems, so that we can actually get that data from your ERPs, your T&E systems, your HR systems, you know, SAP, Oracle, Concur from a T&E perspective, Workday and SuccessFactors to supplement our, our actual data. And this goes to help us risk score every single transaction and escalate those with with a higher risk profile. And so, you know, when we think about these risk analytics, they're not just spitting out a bunch of transactions that you need to chase down. This is really part of what we're solving, which is that legacy audit testing approach, which has been very control focused and tends to generate a huge number of items to review you end up sampling the same transaction many times as they appear as results from different tests, which you know is inefficient and generally fragmented. Our approach is different in the sense that we're really focused on prioritizing your efforts within this monitoring of spend and revenue data, seeing the full context of the transaction and its risk results altogether, so that you can focus on the risk of that as a whole. And finally, our analyses are r- more risk-focused and, and less control-focused because, you know, truthfully, we, we believe a lot of the controls can be largely enabled and covered in your source systems. Uh, so our scoring algorithm is, is calculated at an aggregated level across multiple analytics to, to help you cut down on the false positives and the noise, as well as to then better prioritize your transactions in line with risk that you set. And the most powerful part of this is that we've opened that risk library up to our customers to, you know, configure this via a no-code user interface with no specialized skills needed, not really, you know, needing a single data scientist or engineer to support it at all. So, you know, further, our our monitoring connects with our approval workflows, our pre-approval tool, um, as well as workflows within this specific tool, enabling specific analytics such as you know, validating your approved amounts um, against your actual amounts, and and those people that you actually said you were going to pay is who you paid. We also take your third-party due diligence results and increase the risk scores of transactions with high-risk third parties, as well as to see if any low-risk third parties are showing up in high-risk expense categories. But really, beyond transactional risk scoring and highlighting the higher-risk transactions for further review, we expose all the spend data augmented with that risk detail in an area we call risk insights, which is our data visualization component. So this is where you can go in and actually explore your data with that augmented risk detail and drill into different dimensions of your data, maybe geographic, maybe a subject or a specific subject type or that spend nature. And of course, you know, really get into the actual transactional level of data
0: at least I hope, most compliance practitioners uh, understand the need for some type of KPI or some type of metrics. My concern yeah. is that they really haven't evolved past that, or if they have, they still don't know how to how to turn those measurements into true analytics. Uh, first of all, could you explain the difference between the two? And then more importantly, how LexTegrity, uh, the tools, and the suite of uh, tools you guys have, and and your team itself can help a CCO type make
1: that jump. Yeah, that's a great question. And and generally, I see I see metrics um, as specific data points, whereas KPIs or key performance indicators are really metrics that are closely tied to and tracked against specific goals. So, for example, we might have a metric that is number of trainings completed last month this this is a measure but it's you know it's got limited context and relevance to any specific goal um so therefore when we speak about what an actual kpi might be we say okay as an organization we think it's critical that we have at least 90 percent of trainings completed at any point in time so now we can take we can take our measurement manipulated into more of a KPI based on what uh, our perceived goal is. And, and you know, our software actually has a way to look at these um, KPIs and metrics uh, within what we call our compliance scorecard, as well as within our risk insights platform, where you can see a variety of of metrics and KPIs. But as we get beyond the metrics, KPIs, and into analytics, we're getting a little more general in the perspective when we talk about analytics these are these are meant to be um, focused on positioning data to be more valuable to the end user analytics are just so broad and general in their term but that general focus is to position that data to be more valuable and that value will come in making the data more understandable in general making it easier to identify something specific or generating actionable ideas and insights from that and and analytics in general can come in a variety of forms like maybe we're talking about bringing new data columns to existing data so that we can further use it down the line in our analyses or in our outputs maybe our reports or we might be talking about the identification of specific data points for additional investigation so your common um you know, pattern of trying to identify the outliers, um, you know, in a collection of data points. And And then analytics can also be enabled through data visualization, which assists in separating interesting data points from noise, but really helping you in real time answer questions from your data, go from this point and thinking, well, this is interesting, but what if I looked at this and then coming back to that and saying, well, let me look at this also. And then mashing those two together to actually come up with something that's that's actionable or insightful to you because it's it's just really difficult to train a machine or or to have a machine perfectly come to that conclusion you know a human has a, a more powerful engine of of correlating specific ideas and and bringing in their specific expertise alongside of the data to come up with these these actionable insights but If we go back to our example of trainings before, we left out a very important point, uh, you know, about the data point, uh, the metric and the KPIs. And it was the actual development of how we got to that KPI, finessing that KPI to be contextually correct and relevant to us. And, And really, that's where I would utilize analytics. I would review that data possibly in a data visualization tool to figure out what's the actual formula here what from this metric do i need to know about this to actually turn it into an actual kpi so as you can imagine we wouldn't want to count the training that you know was assigned or even maybe became due on the last day of the month or maybe training in general which is done by a separate team has really tight windows they give you like three days to complete it and from our perspective That's not necessarily fair. Maybe we need more of an adjustment or a grace period to that. Um, And there's a number of other ways that I could come up with that would make, you know, generating a KPI out of this number something that could be misleading or false or or generally requires attention to to get it to the right point where it can be, um, you know, helpful to you in judging the, you know, efficiency or effectiveness of that particular piece of your program. So You know, further, like, how did we get to 90 percent? Was this based on anything in particular? Was it based on that faulty calculation? Maybe an industry standard. But regardless, what we should be doing is we should be analyzing that historical data before we set the goal. Because what if we're constantly achieving 94 percent? You know, a different goal might make sense here, depending on what our perspective is. Do we want to be more aspirational um, or, you know, and, and set the goal? At ninety-eight percent, because we're trying to improve our efficiency in training, or do we maybe not see as much risk here? And we think maybe eighty-five percent is more appropriate um, and more relevant to an industry standard. But it, in general, it depends on your perspective and and merging, you know, um, what you can do with analytics um, to connect, you know, metrics uh, into actual KPIs that can be meaningful towards your uh, how you want to monitor the efficiency effectiveness or um, you know progress of that particular area
0: And let me pick up on a couple of uh, concepts you talked about in that answer. Uh, the first is machine learning and w- what is machine learning but second of all, why you think the human element is so critical even with machine learning if I heard that correctly
1: yeah. Yeah, well, machine learning is is obviously a very hot topic right now, but it's also a big focus for our product because, you know, we really believe that this past data can help us predict or prioritize new data better for risk evaluation. Um, so in our tool right now, we utilize it in two ways. First, we, you know, as we see transactions coming through our system. Through our monitoring system, and they're being reviewed and marked, and uh, you know maybe marked as a false positive or being marked as something that you know requires some sort of follow up or or even remediation. Um, we have a, a feature in our system called risk learning, which which uses machine learning to take those com- conclusions and further improve the prioritization of transactions for review going forward. So the system can clue in on. On what's happening as the reviews are coming in, and better prioritize future transactions that are like that to make sure that they, they, um, you know, they're better prioritized and they don't get missed. Um, but we're really capturing the intelligence of our risk professionals, um, you know, to prioritize transactions for further review, and that's really where we fuse together what is something that will 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 never go away, which is requiring somebody. Um, You know, a risk professional in particular that understands the business, understands the industry, what's happening, maybe what's going on in their particular business, what are the goals of their business and and how's that influencing maybe. Um, how they're running their business, what they're investing in, the opportunities that they're going after, and then, of course, where the risks are popping up. So you you need a risk professional that understands what's going on and where the risks are and then can take that perspective, look at the data, what's coming out of the system, and fuse those together to make good conclusions. And we can capture that understanding and just make the system smarter overall and, and of course make that risk professional more efficient in the future. The other area where we use machine learning is really transactionally looking at a cohort of transactions. So we're trying to identify outliers um, or anomalous data points in the most efficient, efficient way. So we can apply specific unsupervised um, machine learning algorithms to take a cut of that data and say, what's anomalous here by you know, for lack of a better way to say it, letting that algorithm loose on that data and figuring out where, um, what makes that particular data point unique, if it is unique at all. Um, so we, we think that's a, a a huge, um, you know, a huge bonus to, you know, the actual analytics that we have in there that are maybe a little bit more static and, um, um you know uh, risk based and objective we have this machine learning approach which can really look at the data as a whole and figure out what's unique about it
0: andy unfortunately we are near the end of our time for this episode i hope our listeners will join us where we take up continuous risk monitoring again in our next episode as you and i visit again but before we leave i was wondering if our listeners wanted any additional information on any of the topics uh, we've discussed in this episode or uh perhaps more information on you where could they go
1: uh, yeah, they can um, visit us at lextegrity.com or they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Andy Miller, um, or they can send me an email at amiller at lextegrity.com. We'd love to talk to them.
0: Andy, I look forward to continuing the conversation. You can learn more about Lextegrity by checking out their website, www.lextegrity.com. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode in this multi part podcast series, Smart Automation. Risk Management, sponsored by Integrity. This special podcast series is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening and look forward to visiting with you again.